And as Andrew said, this is kind of loosely a talk in our vision and value series that we are a spirit-filled people who work to multiply. And when we think about multiplication in the community groups, don't we? We think life groups, Andrew's mentioned them. We think giftings. We think multiplication of disciples. But today, it is specifically really about multiplication of church. It's about planting a church and the faith that, that we have, that Mez and I have, and hopefully others of you have, uh, for planting a church. And that's what you're getting today. So if you're new here today, I'm sorry, you're not getting so much a preach, you're getting a story and you're getting a vision. Um, you got plenty of teaching yesterday with Matt Hatch. I thought the teaching was fantastic. I thought he served this so well. I'm not really going to add much to, to that. And Matt talked about three things which I'm going to talk into. He talked about church plants needing leadership. He talked about church plants needing location. And he talked about church plants needing vision. And so the, the three things I'm going to talk about. But I'm going to do it in a hopefully a simple structure that you can all follow. Um, you know, as we tell our kind of desire to multiply story, I'm going to be talking about four things. I'm going to be talking about where we've come from. That's Mez and I, really. Um, I'm going to be talking about where we're going, God willing. Hopefully we're not going to be going on our own, Julie. Um, where we're at. Sorry, that's a bit of an in-joke. Uh, where we're at and also what's next. Okay, with me so far? Great. So where we've come from. Um, I'm quite aware that quite a, you know, a lot of you will know Mez and I in this room and some of our backstory, but actually in the last few years, we've welcomed lots of new people to the Oak, which has been fantastic. And so I'm going to start with a little bit of context to you. So uh, as, as Andrew said, I'm Jack. I'm on staff here two days a week. I also teach. Um, and now that our youngest is in school, Mez, my wife, is it worth you just putting up your hand? Um, she does a mixture of singing and sign teaching and, and serving in other capacities. We're both sadly knocking on 40 years old. We have three children who are 10. Thank you. No, no, don't, don't do any more flattery. I had enough of that last night at Taskmaster. Um, we have three children who are 10 uh, and 7 and 4. Uh, Mez and I met at Leeds University. I studied history, Mez studied English, and the rest, as they say, is history. We have been now married over 16 years, and obviously we, we stayed in Leeds. We've got a, a lot of love for Leeds. We've got, a love, we've got a lot of love for this church. Mm. And this is why it's going to be hard today. So we were... You know, we were the part of this team that planted... Um, that helped plant this church from Mosaic nearly 13 years ago. And, you know, we love to be involved. We, we love church. We love the Bride of Christ. And, and between us, Mez and I, we, we helped to lead a community group. And we're involved in Alpha and, and various other areas of church life. We've seen the plug for Discipleship Explored. Please come. That'd be great. We love to speak to people about Jesus. We love people. Uh, we love to gather people. We love to come alongside and support people. Both of us have got teaching backgrounds, and that just, I suppose, comes out in who we are, particularly in the church context. And so the question that I have is, and this hopefully will help you to tell a little bit more about me, is do you ever wish you had discovered something sooner? Do you ever wish you had discovered something sooner? Because I wish I had discovered this sooner could probably be the tagline of... Uh, my life in the 20s and early 30s. Um, do you know, I look back at the first eight or, eight or nine years of my life at, at the Oak, and I only really, if I'm being truly honest with myself and with you, I only ever gave Jesus a kind of a weekly cursory glance. 
And in my heart, there was a, a casual commitment to Christ, a casual commitment only. And I was working as a teacher. You know, I love the busyness of teaching. I love progressing up the career path. You know, that was what motivated me, to be quite honest with you again. It was an idol. Um, do you know, I had a nickname which I took pride in at school, which was FHM, which stands for Future Headmaster. That was my career path. Do you know, there's a quote from yesterday that really made me smile because it really resonates with my own experience, which was, if Jesus isn't discipling you, then someone or something else is. But you know, things, things did change. The Spirit mercifully, graciously, he really started to stir. And it's funny, since I've been reminded that a lot of, been, a lot of people were praying for me. And I think it's just a great reminder for all of us to, to persevere in prayer for those people who you think, oh, come on, guys, keep going. And then what, what followed really was a strange dissatisfaction with a job I loved. Matt talked yesterday about the holy discontent, didn't he? I've described it like that. Um, I found myself working for a Christian charity, something that I would never have dreamt about doing um, just a few years previous. And then I suppose I would describe that over the course of a few years, the last few years particularly, that that cursory glance became a gaze upon Jesus. I love the lyrics of that song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. You know, we have to turn sometimes, don't we? He's not always going to force himself on us. We need to turn. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will, will grow. That's a key word for me, grow. It's not instantaneous. It's often growth that takes time. will grow strangely dim the light of his glory and grace. And then came something quite pivotal. Um, December 2020, it's a month I will never forget. I was driving to the Wirral for work, driving on the M62, uh, and all I can really tell you is that I was just quietly praying. I, I can't even remember what I was praying about, to be quite honest with you. And all I can tell you is that as I heard an audible voice. And it might be the only time this ever happens in my life. But that voice said, um, you've waited long enough. That's all it said. You've waited long enough. Um, I just about kept the car on the road. Uh, I was very, very tearful because I knew exactly what it meant. And then really what followed was quite a lot of chats for both Mez and I with, with the likes of Andrew, so grateful for that time we had together, about what, what, does, all, what does this mean? What does all this mean? And, and part of it meant testing the calling and actually uh, starting to work for this church two, two days a week. The SLT again made, kind of made this job available to me, and again, I'm grateful. But the spirit was stirring in, in Mez too at this time. You know, Mez used to joke along the lines, Farsley till I die. And Mez won't mind me saying she's, she's not the biggest fan of, of change, but both of us in the last two years have been deeply challenged about some of those C's that Matt Hatch mentioned yesterday. Do you remember those? Cost, comfort, consumerism, and courage, or lack thereof, certainly at times. You know, we've had all those emotions in the last few years. Uh, I think V alluded to this as well. We would add another C, which is children, for us grappling with the fact that they will... Lightly starts again. But also, but also coming to a place of trust. Resisting, you know, that, that backward pull that we, that we all feel, don't we? When change is upon us, when we're asked to do something that challenges our comfort. And for both of us, there's been a stirring and this a growing sense of urgency. The phrase that keeps coming back to me is, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is not a dress rehearsal. And we've also felt the importance of looking forward. 
And to, how, to however long we have left as foreigners and exiles here, that was what you mentioned yesterday, wasn't it? Do you know, in, a, in our hallway, we have a framed picture of a CT stud quote um, that encompasses much of where God has brought us. I want to really emphasize that. It's God that's, that's doing this in our lives. And where we want our heart's posture to stay. That's what we want. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And so our story really is of, of loosening our grip. It's of relinquishing control and trusting him. Um, it's been a time where we have felt the call to be motivated by love in what we do, in our actions. I mean, 1 John 4 19 tells us that we, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. And, you know, knowing the love that God has for us and what he has done for us is the reason we want to go and, and be living sacrifices. That the, the, the people where we are being called to go would know of this, of this great life-changing and transforming love. And then there's something that you need to know. You really need to know this clearly. The fact is, we are not super Christians. Mercy and I are not super Christians. We're like everybody else. Do you know, we have areas of weakness and sin that we are working through. Both of us have been made deeply aware of areas of our life where we, where, where we need to truly repent. And that is the, the prayer that that process will continue to happen. It's a lifetime thing, isn't it? That we would never kind of... Um, Never go to, come, you know, come to ourselves for strength, but go to him, keep coming back to him to repent. But we also feel that God, in, in, in his grace, is calling us to lead a church. Uh, and along with that has come a, a realization and conviction that the best, the very best kind of leadership starts first and foremost with following Jesus. To gaze upon him and to invite and gather others to do likewise. So where are we going? <laughs> the location. Well, as this church serves West Leeds, really, we have felt God strongly call us to the other side of the city, to East Leeds. Um, and we've known the what, in other words, to plant a church, and the why, why this is important. We talked about the benefits, didn't we, yesterday. Um, but the where, in other words, the location, and, and the when, the timing have been a bit elusive, to be quite honest with you. And, and the, the when is still a bit elusive. I mean, it depends on the next three to six months and who is being called to join us. Our heart's desire is that we, as in our family, we will be somewhere in East Leeds in a year's time. But the where has been important to us because we've always felt called to Leeds. I mean, we, uh, both of us felt that to stay in this city was to be obedient. You know, we, we did the usual thing of joking about, you know, Lord, send us to a nice seaside resort in Northumberland or something. But we just knew that wasn't the case. We just knew that was not the case. So the question has always been, so where in Leeds, Father? Where in Leeds do you want us to go? And we've explored quite a lot of areas, actually. We walked around and we prayed, but we just did not sense God speak. And again, we, we, we need you to hear this clearly because for us to hear God's direction and to not rush ahead with our own plans was, was incredibly important because both of us like to plan. Uh, and like all of us, we are prone to doing things in the flesh and, and not, uh, not in the spirit and on our own strength. You know, I'm the kind of person who says, right, there's the goal, let's go. Let's, let's go there. Mez is, is, is more measured. Um, 
But we've both had to be patient. We've both had to be patient. Both of us have, felt, have heard the command just to be still, to be still and to be patient. And we really are learning what it is to relinquish control. But you know, in the last seven or eight months, God has spoken to us in a variety of ways to really confirm that East Leeds is the place he wants us to go. And there are five things I just want to talk about that we feel have been important. And the first one has been divinely appointed conversations. That's how I'll phrase it anyway. And so we started to have conversations with lots of people, and East Leeds has kept coming up in conversation. And so, well, we thought, well, why don't we go and visit? We'd visited other places, we'd prayed around them, so we decided to visit. But we prayed before we went, we prayed for divine appointments. We prayed, Lord, can we meet some really key people to this area? And we also prayed, Lord, we'd love to be welcomed. We'd love to be welcomed to this area. And that morning, unbeknown to us, we were to cross paths with two really quite key church stroke community leaders in that area. And we thought, well, this is interesting. And they both said the same things to us, which we also thought was interesting. They both said, the spirit is on the move here. There's something going on. They both said, please come. (laughs) The more, the merrier. And we just felt God smile on both conversations because both of these people had, had had links to New Frontiers, which is part of this church. We felt that was just God's smile. You know, they knew what New Frontiers was about. They knew what Catalyst was about. So there was that. And then secondly, the prophetic. Um, a lot could be said, but I'm just going to hone in on a few. Um, and the first one is that Mez came back from a walk about a week before we even thought about going to visit Leeds, East Leeds. And she just came back and said, you know, the word perimeter, this word perimeter is going to be really important. There's significance to this word perimeter. And we didn't quite know why that was exactly. And then we were, we were driving to East Leeds and we suddenly found ourselves on the new perimeter road, which is part of the East Leeds extension plan. I mean, it literally is the perimeter road of, of East Leeds. And we thought, well, this is interesting. And then we've had other confirmations. In the last few months, Matt Hatch, bless him, has quite nonchalantly dropped in to conversations, two prophetic words uh, that were given over a decade ago about uh, two mosaic, about future church plants. And of course, the oak is one of those church plants. And one of them was that there would be be four, there'd be churches, sorry, on the four points of the compass. That's interesting. And then more significantly, and I think, I think I'm right in saying this word was given when the oak was being planted, was that there would be a rainbow going from west to east. This is interesting. And uh, as a family, rainbows are significant to us. We're one of those slightly cheesy families that whenever we see a rainbow, we say, oh, God keeps his promises. And we tell our children that. And last weekend, we, we told our children where we were going. We, went, we took them to the milk churn, <laughs> which is just this wonderful Italian gelato place in East Leeds. To be honest, I mean, it's worth moving to East Leeds to a loan spot. <laughs> I mean, I'm jesting, uh, kind of. Um, we took them to the milk churn, and, and we told them, and we say, kids, this is where we feel, this area is where we feel God is calling us to. And... I mean, it was almost, I mean, the, the timing was incredible. Um, the brightest, closest, 
A rainbow just appeared as we told. And you know, these, these things are important for us because we've prayed for confirmation. We need confirmation for this. Thirdly, um, scripture. Scripture's been important. Um, do you have scripture that's particularly significant to you? I'm sure you probably do for seasons. And God gave both of us John 21 as a significant text for this season. And again, you know, apart from the obvious great stuff that happens in the story, we didn't really quite know why we'd been given John 21. And just to, to remind you, John 21 starts with the resurrected Jesus calling out to the disciples after they had fished all night and caught nothing. And I think it's going to come on the screen or some of it. Excuse me, need to blow my nose. So it says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And do you know then, a friend of ours, they, they sent this passage again. And do you know, as we prayed about it, what jumped out at us was that line to cast, to throw your nets on the other side, the right-hand side of the boat. The casting our nets on the other side just suddenly seemed to take a... It was like one of those, oh, those moments of great significance when we really started to consider whether God wanted us to throw our nets on the other side of the city. And so we have faith that that's a confirming passage for us. Fourthly, our hearts are stirred for East Leeds. Do you know, um, you need faith and peace for something, don't you, when you're doing something challenging? We have faith and peace for East Leeds. Um, we're excited about what God is doing there and what he will do. Um, faith and peace are two key words because anyone who's going to do anything for the kingdom need those things, don't they? Uh, when we are taken out of comfort and convenience zones, we need those two things. Fifthly, it makes sense. Well, let me explain what I'm, I mean by that. So first of all, East Leeds is relatively unchurched. There isn't amount, a huge amount of church activity there. Do you know, we have met some faithful Christians over there who have been sowing for, ye sowing for years. I mean, some of them decades. But they are so few in number. And then the plan for East Leeds is really interesting. We talked about, I briefly mentioned the East Leeds extension plan. Do you know, in the next 10 to 15 years, up to 20,000 more people are going to be moving into the area the amount of new builds going on there is crazy. I'll, there's a bit of a visual for you guys. Just to give you some context, the Farsley and Calverley Ward, we're talking about 25,000 people. So to be there at the start of that is really our heart's desire. It really excites us to think there's lots of people coming into this area and they all need to hear about Jesus. Do you know, when Christians move into an area, it blesses that area. And there's some really interesting data, really, about that time of transition when people are moving, when they're moving into somewhere new. And that data tells us that there's openness. When, when there's times of transition, there's greater openness to the gospel, new homes, new families, seeking community with new uncertainties. There's just an openness there, and that excites us. And we thought, well, this is interesting. And we thought, yeah, this makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, as well? So where we're at, 
where we're at. We talked about leadership, location, vision. So you know, a couple of weeks ago, Mez and I heard some really helpful, pre- uh, helpful kind of teaching on the prophetic and the importance of not speaking in the flesh, but only sharing what the Holy Spirit reveals. Um, the next day, God spoke to Mez through a picture of a skeleton. And she felt God was saying something similar for this church plant. She felt God was saying that though we only know so much about the shape of this church so far, a bit like the bones of a skeleton, we shouldn't be tempted to flesh it out ourselves to make it look more attractive to people, to you guys. That we need to wait on him to do that. And furthermore, you know, as God called the prophet Ezekiel to prophesy to the dry bones, remember this, to live and flesh to come upon them, they were still not fully alive without breath um, in their lungs. And, and God has spoken to us in, ver- uh, sorry, in numerous ways that a critical element of this church will, will be that it's going to be filled with the Spirit. And that really is something that excites us. But what are the skeleton and aspects of the church that we think that God has revealed? Because we can share some things with you that we feel God has revealed to us. And you know, our big picture vision, I suppose, at this current stage, because <laughs> things can change, it, it won't surprise you. It includes the foundations of, I think, what any healthy church, kind of from, from Acts 2.42, should build on. And we feel that our big picture vision is that we want to love and enjoy God, to love his church, and really the church is people, isn't it? And to love our community. When I say community, I'm talking about the community of East Leeds to love and enjoy God, to love his church, and to love our community. But we've also been given a little bit more. And when we go a little bit deeper, the kind of five key words came to us, and some explanation has come with that that we feel God has given us as well. But I just want to say, we're not, I'm not going to go, go further than what's been revealed right now. I, just, I don't want to be disobedient. But the five words... Um, are to know, to show, to grow, to sow, and to go. So to know. To know God. We want to be a church that knows God, to pers- that pursues intimacy with and is obedient to the Holy Spirit. Do you know, wherever God has obeyed, his kingdom advances. To show. To show the love of Jesus to those around us, living thought-provoking and spiritually transparent lives. Can we just move on, please, Rob? Thanks. Do you know, one of the words that's been given to us, in fact, it's been given several times, is that we are to be flag bearers. You know, when you stick a flag in the ground, it's a, it's a, it's a visual symbol, isn't it, of ground. A repeated theme that's been given to us is that we are to be a, a visible presence in that area, in the, the proactive and a slightly risk-taking sense. You know, as this church has been told on several occasions to get out the building, hasn't it? We really feel that call that to be a disciple is not a spectator sport. We've also felt the sense of when we show the love of Jesus that this needs to be really in family. So when I talk about family, I'm talking church family. I mean, we would love some of the families to come with us. But this is church family, a people that gather together in genuine family that intentionally seeks to gather others into that family. And the last way we really feel to be, called, to be called to is to be bold and intentional. Motivated by multiplication rather than addition. In other words, really pursuing new believers. So to know, to show, and to grow. 
to grow in relationship with God, his word, and fellow believers, to grow in character, giftings, and discipleship. And to sow, to sow generously to the Spirit in prayer, in worship, and in service. You know, God has really been growing in us uh, our commitment to, to prayer and encouraging us by its impact and reminding of the gift that it is, the weapon that it is. And we are eager for this church plant to really grow in this. So to know, to show, to grow, to sow, and to go. To go, making disciples who make disciples, releasing others to go further afield to share the gospel. Do you know, uh, I've mentioned this before, but between us, there's, there's kind of 20 years of teaching experience and love. It's a big part of who we are. And part of that love and desire is to release others. We're not going to be holding on tight. That's our, our hope and desire anyway. But to support people in what God wants to do in their lives. Now, there's a there's a little saying, if your vision is for a year, plant wheat. If your vision is for a decade, plant trees. If your vision is for a lifetime, plant people. We feel that our vision is a lifetime's vision. It's to do that. So hopefully nothing of that is massively surprising to you. And so, you know, is there anything else in terms of what God has been speaking to us about? Yes, there is one more thing that I think we would just want to mention you know, our most recent church plant, Grace City Church, which Chris and Lisa lead, they're, they're dear friends. They, they, they use a disciple-making movement approach. And while we will use some of the principles from this, because they're biblical, they're intentional, they're bold, we do feel personally called to a different church model, one that will likely start in a home, but then we pray we'll outgrow that space and, and like the oak, be a visible presence and beacon in that community. And I just want to come back to Mez's picture of the skeleton because we really want to reiterate the importance of the Spirit's breath, listening for his guidance in days, months, and years to come. You know, so we welcome your questions, we, we really do, but please be prepared that our answer might be, we don't know yet. We don't want to get ahead of what the Spirit has revealed. And this might be helpful, I hope it is. Perhaps an example of this is the kind of location because... You're probably thinking, East Leeds is a big place. Yeah, it is, it is, it is a big place. And what I can say into that is this, that both Mez and I, for months now, have just felt the importance of the number three. We don't quite know what that means. And then someone had a picture for us that there'd be three different balloons landing in different gardens, and there'd be three paper aeroplanes landing in different gardens. And so does that mean three communities within East Leeds, maybe, I don't, I don't know, that's what I'm trying to say, that might be the case, but I don't know, but in the meantime, what we are going to be looking to do is to make a sensible decision, trusting that God will lead the way, and so for us, that's going to be a home that's big enough to host a small church, that will lend itself to hospitality, and that will be a place where our family feels settled, and for anyone else who feels the call to come with us, we're going to encourage you to do the same thing. But I have faith that in years to come, we will look back and say, oh, so that was, that's what that three was about then. That's what that meant. But the Spirit will reveal things at the right time. We are trusting in that. And so the reason we want to do this is has hopefully punctuated this, this talk, but I just want to land on a verse that spoke to me with power a few weeks ago, which is from Isaiah 33, 6. And it says... He will be a sure foundation for your times. 
a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. And it just reminded me what a friend of mine said to me recently. And this friend of mine had recently become a Christian. He said, Jack, do you know, now I'm a Christian. Now I believe in Jesus and what he's done for me. It's like everything suddenly makes sense. It's like everything makes sense now, Jack. And when we share the gospel, when we speak to others of the love of Jesus, we are providing the surest of foundations for our times. The surest of foundations for our times. Do you know our current times are so unsteady? But when we share the gospel, we are helping people to make sense of their world, this world, this fallen world, their lives, their hearts, their death. And we want to hear people... We want to hear people in East Leeds say, because what Jesus has done for me, everything makes sense now. We want to hear people say that. And speaking to others about God's grace, his love for them, his forgiveness of sin that is so freely offered, it's really the most generous gift we can give. It really is. And so that's where we're at. What's next is really a, a big invite to pray. That's the, the overarching theme of this next and final section. Can we go on to the next slide? Thanks, Rob. And my, our invitation, which really is an extension of what Matt was bringing to us yesterday, you know, it's really what Matt was getting us to consider yesterday, wasn't it? To be a church that multiplies, we need to be praying some fairly bold prayers. And so our, I suppose we'd love you to pray and, and, and invite you to pursue God and pray bold and courageous prayers to ask him, God, where, where do you want me? Where do you want me? God, what are you saying to me or to us, to my family? You know, Jesus told us to seek his kingdom and righteousness first. That's a challenge, isn't it? And all these things, those things we need to live, those things that we worry about, those things we worry about not having, they will be given to us as well. That's what it says, doesn't it? And so I think I just want to end by saying what, whatever happens, you know, whether you stay at the oak and you strengthen this church, brilliant. We love this church. We love this church. Or whether you come and feel God saying you're to go as well, brilliant. <laughs> but it's such a great prayer to pray with regularity, brothers and sisters to pray that prayer with regularity, to ask God, help me seek your kingdom first. And whether you're staying or going, you know, our prayer for people, for you guys, is that you would have faith and peace in the decision that you make. But we would like all of you to ask the bold and courageous questions of God and to actually have to make a decision. And so some of the things, because I know... You will want to pray for us. We're so grateful for that. Other things that we would love you to be praying for, hoping you just move on. And you can see the theme of peace here, of people and power. So people, that the spirit would move and bring people to this plant for faith and peace. We've been praying for some surprises. Um, in other words, people just suddenly randomly turning up and saying, we heard about this church plant in East Leeds and we'd love to join you. We've been praying for that. Please join us in praying for this. We have been praying for a variety of giftings because Mez and I are increasingly aware of things we aren't gifted in, and there's lots of them. 
We are praying for some other children. Um, some running mates for our children and those are the children who will come. We're praying for power. This is really important. We are praying for power, for Holy, consp- uh, Holy Spirit conviction, that the Holy Spirit would convict us to go and others to go. We are praying for God's power to be readying the ground, the seed of his gospel in East Leeds. We are praying for release of God's power as we step into obedience. You know, what Mez and I really have have figured out, and it's, it's, we've been slow. We just can't do this on our own strength. We just cannot do this on our own strength, and I'm prone to this church. I'm prone to wanting to do things on my own strength. Please pray for me. We cannot do this in our own strength, and so please pray that there will be that daily recognition of how much we need his power to do this. And lastly, and somewhat more prosaically, plans. So this section is what's next. I just want to tell you a little bit about some future plans. So after this, hopefully in the next week or so, uh, a blog will come out, which is kind of a, will be a condensed version of this, because I know there'll be lots of kind of people who've missed this and want to read things, and it's always good to do that kind of stuff again. We plan to be available to you, um, to, to talk to you about this, to pray with you about this, if that's what you would like to do. Um, I'd ask that not to happen this afternoon or this evening, because we're both shattered. Um, I need to catch up with my wife and children. But we want to be available to you. We're also planning from January, kind of on a half-termly basis, basis we're, we're going to go over to East Leeds and to gather and pray and worship. And we would say all are welcome, but especially those who feel called to come or who are exploring the call to come. So I think I'm done. I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, It's been quite cathartic to share (laughs) with you. Um, Hopefully you can sense, you know, we we love you guys so much. We're going to be very, it's going to grieve our hearts to go, but hopefully you can see also our heart that's been growing for for something new. And uh, yeah, I will leave it there, I think. Before I start blubbing. (laughs) Of course.